0: Welcome to NTD Evening News, our top story tonight. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visits Israeli troops vowing to fight on. Hamas terrorists have now been offered the permanent ceasefire they've been asking for but under one condition. And we take a look at how displaced Christians in the Gaza Strip are celebrating Christmas. Jason Perry has the latest on the war. Another influx of illegal immigrants is coming. Thousands, young and old, joining a caravan in southern Mexico in hopes of reaching the United States. Sam Wang reports. Looking back at this year's presidential campaign trail, our guest says the most defining moments all had to do with former President Trump. Hear more about what he has to say. A powerful winter storm hits the Central Plains and Upper Midwest. Many Americans waking up to a white Christmas this morning as icy conditions threaten post-holiday travel plans.
1: This is NTD Evening News. Live from our NTD Global Headquarters in New York City, here is Tiffany Meyer.
0: Good evening and thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Iris Tau and for Tiffany Meyer. While many people are celebrating Christmas, Israeli troops and Hamas terrorists are still battling it out in the Gaza Strip. There are reports that Hamas has now been offered a deal that includes the permanent ceasefire they've been asking for, but at a cost. NTD's Jason Perry has the latest and a warning. This report contains footage that some viewers may find disturbing.
2: An IDF sniper keys in on an armed terrorist located behind this doorway. And when he pokes his head out, the IDF sniper takes him out. On Christmas Day, Israel Defense Forces continue to keep the pressure on Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave an update on the war as family members of Israeli hostages filled the seating area.
1: I want to tell you, lawmakers and dear families, We wouldn't have succeeded up until now to release more than 100 hostages without military pressure. And that is why there is one thing that we will not do. We will not stop fighting.
2: And the family members of hostages interrupted Netanyahu during his speech by shouting, Now! Others stood outside of a military base in Tel Aviv.
3: My sister Omi was taken from the party on
4: October 7. And we want her back. We know that she's hurt. And we know that her wound wasn't treated. And we want her home.
2: On Sunday, the IDF reported that they had recovered the bodies of five hostages in the Gaza Strip and took them back to Israel to be buried. Israel defense forces remain adamant about wanting a temporary ceasefire to release more hostages, but plan to continue fighting after the pause is over. Meanwhile, Hamas is calling for a complete end to the war before they will release the hostages. And reportedly, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad were recently offered a deal that included a permanent ceasefire if they agreed to give up their power in the Gaza Strip. However, they rejected that deal, according to what Egyptian security sources told Reuters on Monday. Meanwhile, the IDF recently evacuated this school in Gaza City, in which a large group of people had been sheltering. And after searching it, they found these weapons, including rocket-propelled grenade launchers and other explosives. And over the weekend, the IDF released footage of what it says is an operation to dismantle Hamas's northern underground headquarters.
5: Hamas operates from civilian areas. It uses them to cover its terrorist activity. It is a very
1: complex challenge that we face, and we do it well, so our forces in the field achieve good results.
2: It also released more footage of airstrikes on terrorist infrastructure. Israel Defense Forces have reportedly been using precision ammunition in the war against Hamas, but many civilians continue to be hurt, including children. Meanwhile, through the death and devastation, a Christian family in Gaza, who fled their homes to southern Gaza, still found a way to celebrate
1: Christmas. Our friends here who are living with us our Muslim friends. We sat with them around the bonfire a couple of days ago and sang Christmas carols to mark the holiday, although they do not celebrate Christmas. But it was an attempt by them to make us feel the Christmas spirit.
2: And Palestinian Christians in Gaza City attended a church service on Christmas Eve. Israeli troops in the Gaza Strip got a surprise on Christmas Day when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visited them on the battlefield. He told them that he's proud of them and that the entire Israeli nation is behind them. Jason Perry, NTD News.
0: Alexei Navalny, the Kremlin critic previously thought to be missing, has reportedly been found alive. A spokeswoman today saying that he's been held in a prison in northern Russia. Considered one of the most vocal opponents of Russian President Vladimir Putin, he's been behind bars since 2021. He was previously held in a prison east of Moscow, but was later transferred to a remote penal colony in northern Russia, a place known for its isolation and harsh conditions. Navalny's aide called the move a way for the Russian system to, quote, isolate and suppress political prisoners. Navalny's team said they hadn't been in contact with him since December 6. Turning our attention now to the U.S. southern border. Over in Mexico, thousands joined a migrant caravan heading for the United States the largest one in over a year. This comes just ahead of Secretary of State Antony Blinken's meeting with the Mexican president in hopes of stopping the record influx. NTD's Sam Wang has the story.
5: Over in southern Mexico, a sprawling caravan of migrants trailed through towns and cities to reach the United States. The roughly 7,000 people, young and old, are mostly from South and Central America. They took off Sunday from Tapachula, a Mexican border town with Guatemala, and headed up north. To some, it's an escape from crime and poverty, and a chance for a better life. Back in Honduras, Jose Santos was a security guard, but after MS-13 gang members came for his weapons and his life, he was forced to abandon home. They
1: wanted our ammunition, but as guards, we only received a limited amount of ammunition. They threatened to kill me, not once, but three times. I was scared,
5: so I decided to come to Mexico, hoping I'll be allowed to go to the U.S. This man is from Haiti. He said that he fled his country due to rampant crime and corruption. Now he's hoping to make a living for his daughters.
6: Three months in Tapachula, trying to get papers, and I still have nothing. I'm tired of waiting around in Tapachula, being hungry and unable to earn a living.
5: Economic distress is not grounds for U.S. asylum, which only applies to those fleeing persecution based on certain factors, such as race, religion, or political views. The continuous influx of illegal immigrants has made it increasingly difficult to screen people for asylum, and many illegal immigrants are able to stay in the U.S. after they've given a court date, even if they don't have valid claims. This caravan is the largest since June 2022, and it comes just days ahead of Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's visit to Mexico. Blinken is looking to address the illegal immigrant crisis and work with the neighboring country to deter unauthorized injuries. The Mexican president last Friday promised to reinforce measures to battle the record number of illegal entries into the U.S. In fiscal year 2023, U.S. authorities have apprehended nearly 2.5 million illegal immigrants at the southern border. And around 670,000 known gotaways have escaped from border agents last year. Last Friday, CBP announced that authorities encounter over 240,000 illegal immigrants at the U.S.-Mexico border in November, a new record for the month. House Speaker Mike Johnson sent a letter to President Biden demanding that he take executive actions to stem the record tide of illegal immigration. Sam Wang, NTD News.
0: This year was a historic one for Congress. From the ouster of the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to Vice President Kamala Harris setting a new record for tie-breaking the thinly divided Senate. And next year, already setting up to be even bumpier, with many high-priority items kicked down the road. Here's NTD's congressional correspondent Melina Weisscup with hits and misses from this year and what lawmakers still have to tackle in the year ahead.
3: Back to January of 2023, an embattled Kevin McCarthy takes the gavel. He went through 15 rounds of voting on the House floor only to resign from Congress now, after he was ousted from his Speakership post. Well, I'll be departing the House at the end of this year. Speaker Mike Johnson now dealing with an even slimmer majority after Republicans kicked out one of their own. This is bullying. That slim majority has proven crippling for Republicans who have yet to pass their annual spending bills. Democrats, meanwhile, sticking together on most issues, with one exception being how to handle the Israel-Hamas war. Y'all, the United Nations General Assembly supports a ceasefire. 22 Democrats voting against one of their own, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, censuring her over her criticism of Israel. And many find it hard to forget a few head-turning acts from individual lawmakers, like Congressman Jamal Bowman sounding the fire alarm and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's two episodes of freezing mid-sentence. Congress passed 27 bills that became law this year, including ending the COVID-19 pandemic emergency, declassifying information on the origin of COVID, and overturning a DC crime law that would ease consequences for violent criminals. All areas where Republicans and Democrats were unified in 2023, plus a debt ceiling deal negotiated by former Speaker Kevin McCarthy in the White House, which is now proving difficult for lawmakers to stick to.
5: Most American
4: people won't even miss if the government shut down temporarily.
3: The issue at the forefront of 2024's agenda, plus finding a solution to mobilize Israel aid, Ukraine aid, and solutions on the southern border. We'll also likely see an official vote on impeaching DHS Secretary Alejandra Mayorkas and an impeachment vote of President Biden. These are topics that become even more difficult to navigate during the election year of 2024. Reporting from Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News.
0: Turning now to the upcoming presidential election. What were the defining moments in the Republican primary race and what can we expect to see come January? Joining us now is Roger Simon, director of the Presidential Roller Coaster 2024 on Epoch TV. He's also the author of the upcoming book, American Refugees. Roger Simon, thanks so much for joining us on Christmas Day.
7: Well, glad to be here.
0: So it's been truly a roller coaster this year when it comes to presidential campaigns which you have been following very closely. So first tell us about what you think were the most defining moments of the 2023 presidential campaign trail. What stood out to you the most?
7: Well, I think there were four moments and those four moments were the four indictments of Donald Trump. I no one could have predicted because at the beginning of the campaign it looked like Ron DeSantis might make a slight run at Trump. I didn't really believe it, but it, it was possible. The, the polls were showing him close. Then all of a sudden, Trump gets uh, the whole weaponization of the Department of Justice one after another, and his numbers go up and up and up and up, and they continue to go up. And now it looks as if He's just going to walk into the nomination, and now nothing is certain, and these days there's a big, you know, a lot of tour ra about Nikki Haley, but we don't—I don't think that's as real as, as other pundits are claiming it is. It's not just pundits, but the, the mainstream media really wants her to be—come in
0: so speaking of trump today on true social he wrote that it's hard to have a truly great christmas when president biden wants to put his political opponent in jail we know that like you mentioned trump's been leading in the gop race despite getting indicted four times this year and of course more legal stories about trump are coming up in january as his team is appealing to colorado supreme court ruling so what do you make of DeSantis' recent comments that Trump's indictments have, quote, sucked out a lot of the oxygen from the GOP primary? Should we expect to see more of that in the coming months?
7: Well, I, you know, in a, certain, in a certain way I feel for DeSantis, uh, because he's right. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing that happened to his campaign was the indictment of Trump. I mean, first of all, it sucked the oxygen. Secondly, it, it got tremendous amount of sympathy for Trump be and justifiable because it was quite clearly a hatchet job by the Department of Justice and others. You know, the the crowd down in uh, New York and the crowd in Georgia. I mean, and now, of course, Colorado, which is almost farcical. So you know, it, it has become such a kind of. They're so terrified of Trump for reasons that escape me, except for their jobs, of course. But but, it it certainly has, I mean, it's killed DeSantis.
0: And you've been following Vivek Ramaswamy very closely. And yesterday he pushed back on the prospect of taking a job in the Trump administration if Trump takes back the White House in 2024. What do you make of that? He says he's not a plan B person.
7: Yeah, well, I don't believe it. Vivek, uh, in spite of himself uh, claiming to be a non-politician, has become one because he's playing the political game. And it's not that that's a not a negative. It's just natural. But, but the thing about it is that they always say, oh, no, I mean, Haley says, I would never agree vice president for Trump, blah, blah, blah. We'll see <laughs> come next, um, next August when and uh, July when those determinations are made. Uh, right, right now they're not being made, and right now Vivek can can play uh, the high-minded soul. I mean, he's done some other very great things recently, and he and he's you know spoken out. He was the one to come out most strongly and most quickly about the nonsense in Colorado. But, but uh, I, do I believe him that he would not uh, accept a, a a post in the Trump administration? No. <laughs>
0: And lastly, before I let you go here, the fifth GOP presidential primary debate is coming up in about just two weeks, and the Iowa caucus is apparently also coming up just five days after that debate. What should we expect in January 2024 when it comes to these GOP presidential candidates, as Haley DeSantis, of course, Ramaswamy, are all eyeing to become the number two rival to former President Trump?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's a very strange situation because it's like uh, a, a contest for second place, and, uh, but an irrelevant contest because I don't believe Trump would necessarily pick any of these people for his vice president. I mean, the, the lists so are long of possibilities. Is the Republicans have actually a pretty decent uh, bench for that. So uh, I, I, think, I don't think there's going to be a lot of attention to that debate at all. I mean, they've diminished. However, the, the caucus itself in Des Moines and in Iowa, which I'm going to be covering and will be there, uh, it will be exciting and will be interesting. Cau- caucuses are fabulous. To, to the NTD or listeners who have never paid too much of attention to caucus, they're much more fun and much more interesting a mere election because you can be sitting in the room and watching it happen and you can see people change their mind about the candidates in front of you and it's a kind of a remarkable game because i was there in 2016 and i was watching and i would be playing the game of saying, well which one of these people could possibly change their mind and walk to the other corner where the where the caucuses of the other candidate is And I always got to (laughs) roll. It's kind of of fun. Maybe people should gamble on it.
0: Well, Roger Simon, thanks so much for joining us again. And Merry Christmas to you.
7: Likewise.
0: Some Americans in the Central Plains woke up to a white Christmas this morning. A strong winter storm is bringing heavy snow and winds to the region. More than 725,000 people across Nebraska, South Dakota and parts of Colorado are under blizzard warnings as of this morning. Heavy snowfalls, strong winds and icy conditions are lasting through Tuesday night. The National Weather Service told residents to expect blizzard conditions and hazardous travel between 5 and 11 inches of snow are also expected to accumulate in Nebraska. Parts of South Dakota will see up to 11 inches of snow. Authorities in those regions are telling residents to avoid travel. The storm system will also bring moderate to heavy rainfall from the Midwest to the Southeast. According to the Flight Tracking website, FlightAware, over 130 flights were canceled and over 1,200 were delayed. Coming up, there's nothing better than a holiday market to get you into the festive spirit. Sam Wang takes us to an annual pop-up in the nation's capital where people found the perfect last-minute presents. Tricky return policies are plaguing consumers. This holiday season, learn how to avoid paying big fees when returning your purchases. And good news for caffeine enthusiasts, scientists may have figured out how to make the perfect cup of coffee. We'll tell you the secret to a good brew after the break. Welcome back. Christmas is officially here, and while most shops are closed today, many holiday markets are still open. They're a great place to get into the festive spirit. NTD's Sam Wang takes us to one in Washington, D.C.
5: Shopping for Christmas can be a hassle, but surrounding yourself with sparkling lights, street vendor food, uh, the tamales are really wow. good, yeah, and some good old traditional Christmas jazz can make searching for the perfect gift an adventure to look forward to. Even if you let your Christmas list sit for a little too long this year. He's shopping for his mom. Yeah. Last minute shopping. What are you getting? What are you guys getting? Yeah, I got a little Christmas candle. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And by the way, uh, are you guys gonna? Oh, beautiful. Go to the Evergreen store, get yourself a nice Christmas stocking stuffer. DC's pop up holiday atmosphere is running for its 19th year in a row, featuring more than 70 exhibitors in this widely outdoor village.
3: I just like that it really gets us in the Christmas spirit. The vibes are good.
5: From hand painted delicate glass ornaments, animal themed artwork, and nearly any type of tea you can think of, and it's hard to miss the eye-catching sight of the traditional glass blowing art, surrounded by a display of sparkling Christmas-themed trinkets.
3: It's really lively, uh, with all the photo, option and stuff, and you, you, and they gotta do this again. Like you can't forget this ever in your life.
5: The market supports small business from all cultures and backgrounds even budding entrepreneurs are welcomed. What is this business that you're running?
8: So I sell mugs and plush animals to inspire kids. And they're really amazed actually about the work that, that these young people are doing.
0: I mean, they're 10, 11, and 12 years old and have done things and are doing things that we wouldn't usually think of as adults sometimes.
5: While exchanging gifts is usually an indispensable part of the Christmas tradition, folks are reminding us that there's more about the special day that contributes to the warmth you feel in your soul.
0: Being able to give back into the community, uh, we
3: usually give back to different families and do a lot of community service around this time of the year as well. We like to reflect on how Christmas time, you know, like the real meaning of Christmas, Uh, like, you know, Christ was born.
1: Just being with family, having some downtime, being able to
5: sit by the fire and have the Christmas tree and So this Christmas, while exchanging those gifts, remember to soak in the warmth of the holiday cheer with those you love. Reporting by Sam Wong and Melina Wisecup, NTD News.
0: You need a return a Christmas gift, but tricky return policies could stand in your way. More and more companies are making it harder to return items. Here's more.
1: Return policies are trickier just in time for the holiday season. Many are implementing shorter return windows. And higher return fees.
4: Gone are the days of thirty days or your money back. It used to be simple. It's now very complex.
1: Retail expert Edgar Dorsky says consumers should read the return policies. More retailers are charging for online returns because returns are costly for them, and they want to dissuade people from returning items.
4: Policies are getting more strict or more costly. So, for example, um, Macy's is now charging uh, $9.95 to return goods if you send them back by mail, because you ordered them online. So I tell people you can avoid you know, those extra charges just by going to their um, store.
1: Dorsky says most stores won't charge you if you physically return the product at the store. He's compiled the return policies for 11 different chains at consumerworld.org. For example, Amazon has shortened its holiday return window by three weeks. Meanwhile, Marshalls and TJ Maxx raised their return by mail fees from $1 to $12. This is Dave Martin for NTD News.
0: Scientists may have broken a code to make the perfect cup of coffee. Some coffee connoisseurs are known to add a little water to the beans before grinding them. So scientists at the University of Oregon explored that technique. They found that adding water helps prevent clumps of coffee, which increases what experts call the extraction yield, basically giving a more consistent, flavorful brew. Researchers say the method is more pronounced with espresso and less so with filtered coffee. And coming up, what were some of the biggest stories this year? From the rise of artificial intelligence to the Chinese spy balloon to the Israel-Hamas war. We'll take a look back on the stories that captured headlines in 2023. And in sports today, a ratings battle royale as the NFL intrudes on what had become the NBA's holiday. Dave Martin joins us in the studio to discuss after the break. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, here are some of today's top headlines. Israel intensified its military operations against Hamas as troops recovered the bodies of five hostages in Gaza's tunnel system. Hamas and the Islamic Jihad reportedly turned down a deal for a permanent ceasefire proposed by Egypt that would have required Hamas to give up control of the Gaza Strip. A 7,000-people-strong migrant caravan is traveling through Mexico and heading towards the U.S. With more joining along the way, it's the largest one in over a year. This comes just ahead of Secretary of State Antony Blinken's meeting with the Mexican president in hopes of curbing the influx. A powerful winter storm hit the central plains and upper Midwest. Nebraska, South Dakota and parts of Colorado saw heavy snowfall, strong winds and travel delays. As we wrap up 2023, we realize there are some words that we have here a lot. Record unprecedented and first. This was a year where we repeatedly saw things which had never happened before. As we'll see, we'll take a look at the past 12 months. Emily Schmidt has to recap for us. <laughs>
8: Perhaps the most 2023 way to try to sum up this year is not to try it all and let AI do it for you. After all, Collins Dictionary named AI its word of the year for driving the conversation about the power and potential perils of artificial intelligence, as Senator Richard Blumenthal proved when he used an AI-generated deepfake of his own
7: voice. Too often, we have seen what happens when technology outpaces regulation.
8: But even AI couldn't envision all 2023 had in store.
7: But what the heck is that?
8: A Chinese spy balloon crossed the country, capturing people's attention, creating political concerns. The military shot it down after a seven-day journey. 2023 made its own communications history. Twitter tweeted for the last time when Elon Musk rebranded it X. TikTok's CEO faced a critical Congress.
9: Your platform should be banned.
8: But 150 million active TikTok users in the U.S. kept scrolling according to its CEO and sharing their experiences throughout the year. Extreme weather was a frequent theme. Deadly wildfires in Maui arrived so quickly in August as the emergency siren warning system stayed silent. People plunged into the ocean seeking safety. At least 110 died. Thousands lost their homes in Hawaii's largest ever natural disaster unions walked
5: tonight for the first time in our history we will strike all three of the big three at once
8: united auto workers kaiser permanente workers la school district workers writers guild of america workers and sag aftra actors all went on the picket lines in the middle east on october 7th hamas put what it said was a plan two years in the making into action killing more than 1,200 people in Israel in just the attack's first hours, taking at least 200 hostages, some eventually released, others left in limbo. Israel attacked Hamas and Gaza in return, killing thousands more in an unfolding political and humanitarian crisis. Back in the U.S., in Lewiston, Maine, the year's deadliest mass shooting, 18 people died simply eating or bowling. 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira arrested for allegedly leaking classified national defense information on social media.
2: I did not and would not hurt my wife and my child.
8: Disgraced former attorney Alec Murdoch took the stand, but a jury took less than three hours to find him guilty of murder. Ohio's attorney general filed a federal lawsuit against Norfolk Southern after a toxic train derailment in East Palestine. Courtrooms set the scene for their share of politics. New York Republican George Santos pleaded not guilty to 23 charges, including fraud and money laundering. The House expelled him, the sixth congressman, first Republican. New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez and his wife pleaded not guilty to federal corruption-related charges, accused of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bribes. Hunter Biden became the first child of a sitting president charged by the Justice Department. His lawyer has suggested the charges are politically motivated. Former President Trump racked up historic court superlatives all year. The first time a current or former president has faced criminal charges. The first time a former president was charged with crimes in federal court. The first former president with a mugshot. Trump stayed on the campaign trail, and President Biden went to Georgia to honor former First Lady Rosalind Carter, who died at age 96 after a lifetime of service. Her 99-year-old husband, Jimmy Carter, who has remained in hospice care most of the year, attended as well, their lifetime together superseding even a term in the White House. That kind of contrast happened all year. A son's book, a king's coronation, the challenges of conquering space The dangers of exploring the ocean when a titanic-bound submersible imploded, killing all on board. This year, the Supreme Court ruled against a decades-long precedent of affirmative action in college admissions processes and said First Amendment free speech protections allowed a Christian web designer to refuse services for same-sex weddings. Even status quo brought change. Kevin McCarthy became the first House Speaker to be removed from office. It took three weeks for Republicans to agree on his successor. That's 2023, a year too unbelievable for A.I., too unforgettable for real. I'm Emily Schmidt reporting.
0: And now for your sports news, we are joined by NTD's Dave Martin. Dave, so plenty of sports on today on Christmas Day, but yesterday there was an important development, interesting development in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers nearly missed their coin toss. How did that happen?
1: You know, this should not be a possibility in the NFL, but somehow it is. You know, basically if you win the coin toss, you have three options: receive, kick off, or defer your choice to the second half. Now in that case, the other team chooses for the first half and then you can choose to receive or whatever for the second half. So rarely would you choose to kick off because that doesn't mean that the other team would then return the favor and kick off the next half. You would choose to defer your choice to the second half. Now the Packers won the choice and one of their players reportedly said defense when given the option, which really isn't an option, but it could be considered kicking off. Now thankfully the referees clarified with the players it was decided he meant deferred, so they deferred their choice to the second half and received the kickoff then. So sometimes even the easiest of players in the NFL aren't very easy.
0: Now, elsewhere, in the NFL yesterday, the the Detroit Lions clinched a division title for the first time in about 30 years. How big of a surprise was that?
1: Well, a couple of years ago, I don't think anyone, maybe outside of Detroit, would have actually predicted this outcome. I mean, they had just traded away Matt Stafford for Rams Castaway, Jared Goff. I mean, they did get two first-round picks to take on his salary. But at the end of last season, you could see they had something going uh jared goff looked revitalized they had a strong defense plus some playmakers on offense now it didn't hurt that their division rival packers traded away aaron Rodgers, and the vikings lost Kirk cousins to injury but clinching your division with two weeks to go is still pretty impressive i'd say
0: now there's actually a lot of sports going on today on christmas day both the nba and nfl have games on, is that something normal for Christmas?
1: No, usually it's just the NBA. You know, the NBA has figured out that putting games on Christmas, where there's usually very little TV competition, is a great way to remind everyone that that the season started two months ago. Because really, football is king in America. So most sports fans don't pay attention to to basketball until football is over, and then and the NFL's regular season concludes in just two weeks now. Now we had a triple header in the NFL today, partly because they do play on Monday, but also because I'm sure they've seen how successful the NBA has been, you know, in terms of TV ratings. Now already the Knicks upset the Bucks, the Nuggets topped the Warriors, and in an upset the NFL, the Raiders beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City this afternoon.
0: Now looking back at the past year of 2023, we've reported on a bunch of. Store, sports stories. What would you say was the biggest one?
1: You know, we. I would say. Uh Buffalo safety DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field It really started with that during an NFL game and having to be revived right there on the grass. That was quite a feel good story though that he lived to tell his story. Lionel Messi coming to play in the MLS for Miami just months after winning the World Cup. That was pretty big. But I would say there were two that stuck out to me. One, the sudden demise of the Pac-12. This is a conference that was approximately 100 years old, steeped in tradition. Now certainly the defections of USC and UCLA last year started the dominoes following. They still had a chance to continue, but somehow they couldn't get a TV deal done before the Big 12. And then they went when they went to negotiate, there were only crumbs remaining. They could not get a lucrative TV contract. And then suddenly, over a matter of a few summer days, eight of the remaining 10 members left. Now, also the proposed merger between PGA and LIV, or really the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, there was such bad blood between the two. They were suing each other in court. Then suddenly, an announcement in June, they have a framework of a merger deal caught everybody by surprise. There was a truce for a few months actually until Liv recently picked off one of their players. Of course, the PGA was negotiating with other U.S. investors at the same time, so this agreement is still not done. I'm going to guess it's going to spill over into next year and going to be a big story for 2024 again.
0: Well, for sure, important political story as well in D.C. of her lawmakers, the president, the White House all talking about that potential merger here. Thanks so much, Dave, for joining us.
1: Thank you, Iris.
0: Coming up, how do people from different cultures celebrate Christmas and what are the most unique traditions? We'll take a look after the break. Welcome back from the Arctic Circle to continental Europe to North America. How do Christmas traditions carry on in different cultures and countries? Next, we take a trip around the world to get a glimpse of rich and vibrant Christmas celebrations.
4: In his hometown of Rovaniemi, Santa Claus made his own New Year's wish.
7: My biggest wish is that people from all over the world could live together in peace.
4: Sitting in his grotto on the Arctic Circle and reading letters from all over the world, Santa said everyone should focus on keeping children safe and happy.
7: It's good to remember that friendship and Christmas spirit can be found in the same place in all of our hearts. It's time to say to everybody, very merry Christmas and happy and a better new year.
4: The bustling Santa Claus village never ceases to amaze visitors from around the world. One of them said he felt blessed with good luck. It was just amazing. I've never experienced Christmas like this anywhere. And this is just like I read and saw in the movies, and like it exceeded all my expectations. And in the post office, dozens of Santa's elves were busy sorting hundreds of thousands of letters. They were from children asking for Christmas gifts. Each letter Santa sends back gets a special Christmas stamp
6: he asked us what our Christmas wish was. And I asked him for a basketball and a basketball
4: hoop. In one of Germany's oldest Christmas markets, mugs of mulled wine and traditional German sausages paved the way for Christmas cheer. Even the rainy weather couldn't put a damper on the festivities.
6: This is a prerequisite for the Christmas spirit. Today is the kickoff meet for Christmas. Without this Christmas market, Christmas is almost non existent for me. I'm very, very happy. I come here every year. I'm from Nuremberg and I'm at the opening every year. You just can't do without
8: it.
4: But it is not all food and wine. Since 1948, the city has elected its own representation of the Christkind.
9: Ein jeder, der sich heute freut und morgen wieder plagt, hört alle zu, was euch das sagt.
4: The angel-like figure is believed to deliver Christmas gifts to children. This tradition has been passed down in southern Germany and other European countries. The origins of the Nuremberg Christmas market can go back to 1628 and likely even earlier. It has become a much-loved staple in Bavaria with visitors coming from far and wide. Some two million visited in 2022. The market ends on Christmas Eve, when Germans traditionally celebrate Christmas. In early December, the Vatican lit up its famed Christmas tree in St. Peter's Square and unveiled this year's nativity scene. The installation features life-size terracotta statues, it's inspired by the first living nativity scene created by St. Francis 800 years ago. The 90 foot tall spruce was decorated with thousands of nursery grown edelweiss, a white mountain flower native to the Alps. After the Christmas season, the tree will be sent to a company that will turn it into toys for children in need. In Italy, Rome switched on its Christmas tree lighting on top of the ancient Campidoglio hill. To accompany the lighting of the decorations, a police marching band played several pieces including the Italian national anthem. Couples didn't miss the chance to take a romantic selfie in front of the 50-foot golden white Christmas tree. It was sponsored by French fashion house Dior and decorated with golden butterflies and perfume bottles. Despite a cost-of-living crisis impacting much of Europe, Romans say they still have plans to celebrate the holiday season.
9: With what is happening in the world, we try to focus on our daily life. We try to pray for those who are believers and hope that things might improve. Personally, I would try to celebrate with my family, to have my loved ones as close as possible in such hard times. This year, I will be more sober in purchasing presents, because in the end, we always make the same presents and we don't even appreciate them so I am pondering which gifts I will do.
4: People in Prague gathered in the city's Old Town Square to witness the lighting of the Christmas tree and to enjoy the festive atmosphere among the decorations.
9: I am really looking forward to Christmas, meaning my family. I am looking forward to the tree, to the meal. This is everything that I am looking forward to.
4: This 65-foot-tall spruce was brought in from the mountains in the north of the country it's the dominating decoration on the Old Town Square throughout December and early January. In the capital of Spain, the mayor of Madrid lit up the big tree of Seoul Square with thousands of people cheering. The Christmas tree was decorated by a staggering
9: 12 million LED bulbs. It's beautiful. We always come here to see it. It's better this year than last year.
6: It's great. I come from Central America, I saw it on social media, and I thought it was something striking, and that's why I came here to see it.
4: The lights will brighten up the city center every night during the holiday season until January 7th. Over to the Danish capital. Decorated Christmas trees, festive baubles, and hundreds of thousands of lights make Copenhagen sparkle ahead of Christmas. This year, some 28 miles of Christmas light chains have been used to bring festive cheer to the 180-year-old Tivoli Amusement Park.
6: First of all, the lights, right? And here we are in the midst of it with the music playing and the lights, and you can just sense that Christmas feeling.
9: It's uh, very nice every year, so beautiful, and if you're not in the Christmas uh, mood, you will be it when you're here.
4: A total of one million lights make the park's attractions and buildings glitter. More than 3,000 bulbs light up the facades, towers and domes of the Nim Hotel a large artificial ice-skating rink has been set up with the annual Christmas tree in the middle. Tivoli Christmas will end on the last day of December. Brussels Christmas Market added a delightful twist to the traditional Belgian treats of waffles and beer. Located near the newly renovated former Stock Exchange, the market is now home to a beer experience and open to visitors. The heart of the festivities was the Christmas tree in the Grand Place Square, Surrounded by Baroque former guild halls and the city hall, this iconic square comes alive each year with a festive sound and light display. People in Sofia, Bulgaria, posed for photos by decorated Christmas trees by the city's main church and cathedral. The capital of Bulgaria kicked off the festive season in early December.
6: I'm more excited for the kids, not so much for me personally. Christmas is a great holiday at the end of the year. It ends a part of everyone's life, and there are cheerful moments, gifts, and surprises.
4: The annual Christmas market in Zagreb opened its doors to locals and tourists alike.
3: Oh, I love it. It's so beautiful. It's, uh, it's an experience like I've never had before.
4: With its charming atmosphere and array of holiday delights, the market has become a must-visit destination during the festive season.
5: It's beautiful. Um, I was just walking around and seeing all of the different stalls and food and uh, drinks. It's really wonderful.
4: The market was adorned with twinkling lights and colorful decorations, and the scent of mulled wine and roasted chestnuts filled the air. Visitors can stroll through the market's numerous stalls, which offer a variety of handmade crafts, Croatian food, and gifts. One of the highlights of the market is the ice park where visitors can lace up their skates and glide across the ice. In the Russian Bologda region, Grandfather Frost, the eastern cousin of Santa Claus, celebrated his birthday amid the region's snow-covered forests in (inaudible) mid-November. Relatives of Grandfather Frost have come for the celebration, including characters from fairy tales and Grandfather Frost's from neighboring countries.
6: How am I going to congratulate him? Sincerely, joyfully and cheerfully, this holiday is like this. I'll say a lot of warm things, and I brought Grandfather Frost, a gift from my magic lake.
4: But Grandfather Frost says the real gift is the joy on children's faces.
6: I got a lot of gifts and a good mood. Also, all the children's eyes sparkle. For me, this is the most important
9: and a big gift.
4: There's fun and games for young visitors, including bowling, jump rope, darts, and magical creatures.
9: I'm in a great mood because I'm here on the most important holiday in Russia. This is Grandfather Frost's birthday. Here you find yourself in a fairy tale.
4: After greeting visitors, Grandfather Frost's birthday celebrations ended with the lighting of the New Year's tree and festive fireworks. Kiev marked St. Nicholas Day in early December. The mayor attended the opening ceremony and symbolically lit up the country's main Christmas tree. He said private patrons paid for it so that the Kiev city council could allocate more money to the army.
9: Even during these difficult times, we have the opportunity to come and see our Christmas tree in our capital center. Maybe not to celebrate, but to feel the Christmas spirit despite everything, and we can still mark it in our country. I don't feel like it's Christmas yet, but today I bought a small Christmas tree and started decorating it. I try to do everything I can to feel the Christmas spirit.
4: Ukrainian Christians traditionally celebrate Christmas on January 7th, along with other predominantly Orthodox countries like Russia. Ukraine's main Orthodox Church in May decided to switch to a calendar in which Christmas is celebrated on December 25th. People attending the opening said they supported the change away from Russia.
9: We shouldn't have anything in common with Russia. Even such important holidays such as Saint Nicholas, and today is also Armed Forces Day, Nicholas and our soldiers hold the country together today.
0: And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Iris Tao. To all who celebrate, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Good night.